0: Recasting isn't always bad. Just look at what Mark Ruffalo and Don Cheadle achieved in the MCU, or how brilliant Donald Glover was as Lando Calrissian in Solo A Star Wars Story. But for the most part, the whole idea of replacing one actor with another can end in severe disappointment. Such is the case with these ten actors, who were each sent into an established franchise or an anticipated sequel to fill the shoes of another star who either couldn't return to the role in question, was actively being replaced, or was simply not interested in playing the character anymore. I'm Ewan, you're watching War Culture, and here are ten movie sequel recastings that were terrible. Number 10. Ben Affleck, Jack Ryan, The Sum of All Fears The early 2000s were a, well, rough time for Ben Affleck, who despite some solid roles in early Kevin Smith projects and an Oscar win for writing in Goodwill Hunting, was quickly cast in a series of all-round duds that derailed his career. Between the unforgivable likes of Pearl Harbor and Daredevil, the actor also found his way into the spy thriller The Sum of All Fears, based on the novel of The same same. same name by the late Tom Clancy. Before Affleck had stepped into the role of protagonist Jack Ryan, the character had previously been portrayed by Alec Baldwin and Harrison Ford, who each worked wonders with the source material to capture Ryan's intelligence and everyman qualities. Affleck, however, failed to live up to the performances of his peers. Perhaps if he'd been given another chance to play the character in future films, he'd have worked well. But in the film he got, he was ultimately a boring, out-of-place show of the Jack Ryan fans were hoping to Find. It probably didn't help either that he was a bit too young for the part 2. Number 9 Julianne Moore, Clarice Starling. Hannibal. Silence of the Lambs was a massive hit when it released back in 1991, winning numerous Oscars, including Best Picture, and quickly cementing itself as a landmark of the psychological thriller subgenre. Aside from the sublime work of screenwriter Ted Talley and the harrowing imagery populating its most iconic sequences, the reason Silence of the Lambs was such a smash hit was because of the stars at its core. Sir Anthony Hopkins has gone down in cinema legend for his portrayal of villainous cannibal Hannibal Legda, and Jodie Foster's leading turn as FBI Special Agent Clarice Starling is nothing short of a revelation. Unfortunately, when a sequel was announced nearly a decade later, Foster declined to return to her most famous role because… I mean, look, if you've read Hannibal, you'll know why. Director Ridley Scott brought in the also-great Julianne Moore to replace her. Though on paper this was a great replacement, Moore's version of Starling was far removed from the the conflicted whip smart crime fighter she'd been in silence. Dark, moody, and grotesque. For the sake of being grotesque, Hannibal made Starling a completely different character to the one audiences knew, and though Moore did her level best, she wasn't able to capture the magic Foster breathed into the role. Number 8. George Lazenby, James Bond, On Her Majesty's Secret Service When Sean Connery briefly left the role of James Bond following 1967's You Only Live Twice, there was a scramble to find a new star to attach to the growing franchise. But instead of casting another A-lister to helm the next film, legendary Bond producer Albert Broccoli opted for Australian model George Lazenby to portray 007 instead. He had no previous acting credit and had been spotted by Broccoli acting in adverts for Cadbury's. The studio made a massive gamble casting the first-time actor in the heavily demanding role, and though there was always a good chance it would pay off, Layson B just wasn't up to scratch. Lacking the easy charm, coldness, and charisma of his predecessor, Layson B was surprisingly dull as 007 and struggled to find his own vision for the character. Watching him all these years later, you can't help but notice he's trying to do his best Connery impression, and it just doesn’t work. Number 7. Amelia Clark, Sarah Connor. Terminator Genesis. When Terminator Genesis was released to a critical and commercial panning, Amelia Clarke was actually relieved, claiming that, quote, no one had a good time whilst making it. Helmed by veteran TV director Alan Taylor, the unnecessary sci-fi sequel was made as an attempt to rejuvenate the franchise after the lackluster Terminator Salvation. In order to pull this off, Taylor brought in Clarke, who he'd worked with on Game of Thrones, to hill the of shoes of Linda Hamilton's badass lead, Sarah Connor. Though Hamilton did a fantastic, fantastic, Fantastic job of portraying Connor's development from fish out of water victim of a deadly killing machine to an all around action hero, Clark's performance lacks any attempt to recapture the energy she brought to the role. Ultimately a dull and resigned portrayal, Connor is almost unrecognisable compared to the Connor found in the franchise's first two installments. Like several people on this list, though, Clark can't be blamed entirely for her shortcomings. The film's writing, incoherent plot, derivative plot twists, and forced fan service ruined it from scene one. But she also didn't do much to make her casting pay off either. 6. Tommy Lee Jones – Harvey Dent Batman Forever Following the success of Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns, Warner Bros. hired director Joel Schumacher to keep the series going with a 3 quel titled Batman Forever. The only hitch was the casting complications, which started when Michael Keaton dropped out of the title role and was replaced by Val Kilmer, and continued when the studio dropped Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent and replaced him with Tommy Lee Jones. Williams had appeared in the first of Burton's films as the righteous district attorney, and had stated his interest in reprising the role in a sequel further down the line. Although his performance promised big things to Two-Face, Jones was given the gig because Schumacher wanted to work with him. Look, I love me some Tommy Lee Jones. No one's saying they don't love themselves some Tommy Lee Jones but he did not bring his A-game to forever and is easily the film's weakest element. Billy D. Williams deserved that shot, and thankfully, he's been able to take it on since. Voicing the character in the Lego Batman movie and seeing his likeness utilized in DC's Batman 89 comic, written by screenwriter Sam Hamm and with art from Joe Quinones. Ready to pop the question? Number 5. Stuart Townsend. Let's Queen of the Damned. In 1994, Tom Cruise shocked and delighted audiences with one of the best performances of his career, playing sadistic cursed vampire Lestat in the brilliant Anne Rice adaptation Interview with the Vampire. A few years later, Lestat was brought back to the big screen in the standalone sequel Queen of the Damned, only this time he was portrayed by Stuart Townsend as the lead singer of a hard rock band who awakens an immortal spirit with his music. Because why not? not. Save for the soundtrack, Queen of the Damned is an absolutely abysmal slice of early Ords cheese. But by far the biggest letdown of the film is Townsend, who plays Lestat not as the twisted, conflicted soul he was in Interview with the Vampire, but as a brooding loner who speaks in cliches and has no other discernible character traits. A lot of this is down to the script, sure, but Townsend seems like he's reading his lines from a teleprompter for the first time, and the results are laughably cringe. Number four, Maria Bello, Evelyn O'Connell, the mummy team with the Dragon Emperor. The first two mummy movies were set in Egypt, with plots centered around the country's ancient mythology. But in the unprecedented prequel, things found their way to China, with a plot focused not on Egyptian mummies and curses, but on the legend of an all-powerful warlord and his undead army. *See with the Dragon Emperor* bombed the critics when it released in 2008, but I actually thought it was okay. Bringing back the always lovable Brendan Fraser as disgruntled adventurer Rick O'Connell, *See with the Dragon Emperor* isn't Exactly, high art, but it's nonetheless a hilarious dark slice of blockbuster cinema that's easy to enjoy. The big flaw, though, is that former star Rachel Weiss didn't want to reprise her role as Rick's wife and fellow adventurer Evelyn O'Connell stating that she didn't like the script and that she wanted to spend time with her newborn son. So, in order to keep Evelyn involved, director Rob Cohen replaced her with Maria Bello, who struggled to recapture Weiss and Fraser's easy chemistry or build on Evie's previously compelling character development. Look, Bello isn't bad by any means, but watching her here, it's hard to find a connection between her version of Evie and Weiss's, and the results are quite distracting. Number 3, Dan Castellaneta, Genie, Aladdin 2, The Return of Jafar For many, Aladdin's Genie is the definitive Robin Williams performance, a childhood classic which perfectly captures the comics' unrelenting humor, energy and unique flair for voice work. The first Aladdin is a fantastic film, complete with great musical numbers, characters and whip-smart humor, but Williams stole the show without struggle, pulling no punches to make Genie as memorable as humanly possible. It was seriously disheartening then when it was announced the actor wouldn't be returning to the role for the film's director DVD sequel, The Return of Jafar, due to a massive behind-the-scenes fallout between Williams and Walt Disney Studios. In his place, veteran Simpsons voice actor Dan Castellaneta was brought in to keep Genie involved in the action, and though he tried his hardest, he was still very far from capturing the unique spark of madness Williams brought to the role. Castellaneta is clearly trying to emulate Williams in the film, but he lacks the legend's quick-fire delivery and honestly just ends up sounding like Homer Simpson most of the time. Thankfully, Williams returned to the role in the three threequel The King of Thieves, making everything right in the world, at least for a little bit. Number 2. Basically Everyone, Home Alone 4, Taking Back the House Whilst Home Alone 3 focused on a whole new host of characters, the hilariously titled Home Alone 4 Taking Back the House decided to bring back Kevin McCallister to the fold, only with child actor Mike Weinberg in the role instead of the then-too-old Macaulay Culkin. The results are dire, with the film and Weinberg's performance coming off like nothing more than a tired retread of the first all-time classic movie. But Weinberg isn't the only issue, since every single returning character has a different actor portraying them. Marv, originally played by a scene-stealing Daniel Stern, is portrayed by French Stewart, whilst Marv's partner in crime Harry is nowhere to be seen. Even Kevin's parents, originally played by John Heard and Catherine O'Hara, have been replaced, and his siblings, save two, are completely left out of the action. Look, there's no other way to put it. The results of this cast switch-up are appalling. None of the characters are written or portrayed the same way they were in the first two movies, and the fact that they're supposed to be the same characters makes the whole film feel like nothing more than a desperate cash grab. And number one, Jeffrey Wiseman, George McFly, Back to the Future parts two and three. The case of Crispin Glover's removal from the two Back to the Future sequels is the stuff of cinema legends is perhaps the most controversial tale of recasting in Hollywood history. The story goes that, whilst Glover was asked to reprise his role as George McFly, he was eventually dropped from the project due to obscene salary demands, though years later, Glover claimed it was because he didn't like the film's message. Director Robert Zemeckis decided to move on without him in the end, keeping George in the script and replacing him with Jeffrey Wiseman, who went into the role wearing a fake chin and nose to better resemble Glover. There were never any close of George in the sequels, making it difficult to properly notice the clever switch-up. Understandably, Glover was enraged by this and sued Universal Pictures for using his likeness, including archive audio of his previous work in the role and won. meaning the studios are no longer allowed to use actors' likenesses without their permission. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Given the hassle that went on behind the scenes, it probably would have been way easier to write George out or just let him have his salary demands after all.